Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Ransom Notes. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Catherine Ransom, our host each and every week, the author of Ransom Notes and the subject of a documentary, the subject of an extensive radio series before Ransom Notes and uh, and, and uh, a visual Ransom Notes once a month. Um, the, the wonderful author, philosopher, and Christian, Catherine Ransom. Catherine, how are you? Well, I think I survived the uh, the turkey and dressing of this uh, past week, and I'm here, and I have not learned to gobble yet, so I will just visit with you with real words. <laughs> well, listen, it's uh, it, it, it's a quick transition once you get through uh, Thanksgiving. Now they, you know, if, I guess in recent years, 20 years ago, whatever, they started this Black Friday, you know, they're calling it all Black Friday, and, and that's for shopping day. And then right after that, it's it's diving right into the Christmas season. And, uh, you know, you go from one to the other before you blink an eye. Well, and, and, and that's that's really true. We drove over to Iowa, which was about a 250-mile drive to Iowa City from our home, and uh, on Wednesday mor- Thursday morning, and there were 15 of my friend's family there, and we had uh, way too much to eat, but uh, Hy-Vee helped. I don't know if you have Hy-Vee in the East, but that's a major uh, grocery chain in, in the Midwest. And they have incredible food. And then what is it we, called? What is it? Hy-Vee, H-Y, and then V-E-E. Uh, it's like Kroger's or whatever we used to have or, uh, you know, various ones. But anyway, they do a, a lovely carryout. And that helped our hostess, who is a, uh, a doctor in the, uh, the University <clears throat> of Iowa, as well as a private practice. And she just was really busy. She was delivering babies the day before on Wednesday. Right. And so it was great that most of the cooking was done by uh, the high V people and we brought things. And so, you know, you get 15 people together and family, they, some of them were from Colorado and some from other parts in Illinois, as well as the family in Iowa. And it's, uh, it's just fun. You, you forget how much fun it is to visit with family and catch up on a few things. And when you get three or four generations, and I think we had four generations there, uh, it's quite a variety when you go from a four-year-old to a, a nine, an 89-year-old. It's, um, it makes it interesting. <laughs> it makes interesting interaction. But I'm glad we have Thanksgiving, and it is a good time to stop and thank people and thank the Lord and thank each other and think about positive things but so did you have turkey or did you have ham or deer uh, we had <laughs> deer uh we had some people i'm sure have venison uh it, we had turkey and um it was uh it, we, we ate with a couple of vegans my son and his his significant other who's lovely and uh, they're they're both lovely people, and and we met our, our in laws, um, but they're vegan. They're you know that that means they they don't eat anything with a mother, or a face. I think that's the uh, that's the uh, the conditions, but only those two. 
And so we had vegan meal and, you know, of course, uh, traditional uh, turkey and, and everything else. And we, we met some lovely people and, uh, and, and had discussions, wonderful discussions with people we didn't know about religion. And uh, it, it's always nice to, to meet uh, different folks and, and uh, people who appreciate their Lord. Were you just a teensy weeny bit nervous as you met your son's in-laws? Yeah, well, they're or future future in-laws, possibly. I mean, but you don't know for sure. But did it, is it just a little bit nervous to meet where they might potentially be really important in his life at some time? Yes, I was nervous, but I was thrilled with the way it turned out. They're just wonderful people. Well. Uh, and and that's great, and, and, and it's always good to meet new people. Uh, we came back, though, and also finished <clears throat> off our uh, sort of holiday weekend with with a glorious experience. Uh, as you may and my audience may know, I really love classical music. And uh, the cathedral here in town hosted the local uh, significant choral group that's volunteer, but it's just a wonderful group. And our Illinois Symphony Chamber Orchestra accompanied them with our director, Kim Lamb, and they did the Hallelujah, they did the uh, the Messiah. uh, Handel. Handel's Messiah in the cathedral where the acoustics are just magnificent. It's a a huge building, and the sound just reverberates so well that uh, I sat there part of the time almost in tears. And as somebody said that was sitting next to me, I sort of was semi-directing and, and, and all of that. I was into the spirit of it. But when you think of, of Handel and the pieces from Isaiah and the other scriptures that uh, predict the coming of the Messiah, it was a great way to begin right after the Thanksgiving is, uh, and the day after uh, Black Friday, that we could really, really worship together, and it was such a thrill. And I, I came home, and this morning, as I was doing some work here in my office, I had Handel's Messiah on again on my computer, and singing along with and trying to write in my computer, and it gets tough to do two things at once. But I got a new question for you, Frank. Yes. Have you ever been sort of surprised? at what some people might be able to do that have overcome a challenge. Have you ever have you ever experienced any somebody that you thought, oh my glory, how did they ever learn to do that or how did they get through that that, that situation? Has that ever come to Absolutely. You know, I've I've seen it uh you know many times and I'm I'm amazed at uh, look and, and you know and and don't sell yourself short. I mean, it, you uh you came off of heart surgery and jumped right back into uh, your work and your your work with the church and everything else and and you know a lot of people you know roll up and crawl up and uh, and and just uh, wither away and you uh, I was very impressed with how you bounced back from that but uh, and many many times over the years I've seen people and uh, and I've been I, I've been floored by how uh, how they've uh, bounce back after adversity. Well, recently I read a story in our local newspaper about a marvelous young lady by the name of Amelia, and I call her Heinz, H-E-I-N-Z-E. And if I've mispronounced it, I apologize to the family. But 
uh, Amelia was a, a freshman in the high school in Washington, Illinois. She played the flute. She wanted to be in the marching band, but she had a major challenge. She is virtually, legally blind, wants to play in the marching band. She, to describe her blindness, which is really interesting, for example, and I think it's partially albino that she is, but I don't know all of the medical legal aspects. Uh, I guess you're legally blind if you're 2300 in your best eye, or 2200 in your best eye. She, in her best eye, is 2300, which means she is well over legally blind. And as an example, when she is in the cafeteria, somebody, one of her teachers said, she can't tell as she goes through what the fruit or what the vegetable might be. She just sees lumps of things. And either somebody has to tell her or she just sort of guesses what it might be. If she wants to recognize a face, for example, if a teacher came up and she wanted to know which teacher or person, she needs to be within one foot of that person or she has no idea whom it is she knows there's an object there if she wants to uh, if she for example and i don't know when in washington you'd see a black bear but if she saw the illustration was if she saw a black bear in the distance all she would really see is a blur so to just you know get in the in the mood challenge started playing the flute, and they would blow up her music onto 11 by 17 sheets of paper uh, as opposed to the 8.5 by 11, just as an idea, which meant that she had lots of pages that she would have to turn when she would be playing, and she had to be within three inches of the, of the music for her to be able to read it. So, you know, it's practically on her nose. The She decided that the band was starting, the marching band, and she wanted to be a part of it. And the staff at this high school helped her. She obviously could not march with 11 by 17 sheets of paper, flipping them all the time while she's marching. So this young lady, to overcome that challenge, memorized all of the music. Wow. Oh. When she, she couldn't see what the drum majorette was giving for signals, so she had to sense what the players beside her were doing. And I think they said it was a 145-piece uh, marching band. It was a big one. I've forgotten the exact amount, of, but it was not a small. Um, it was not a small marching band, and uh, uh, 215, 215 players. One of the challenges that she had to be so sensitive of to the players beside her is that when they would do a street march, like a parade, she they had to somehow help her know that she was ready for a pothole or the railroad tracks, as an example, because she could not see them. And yet this one young lady became a part of that because she had the great ability to say, I don't care that I can't see. Well, she probably does care that she can't see. I'm not going to let it keep me 
from doing some of the things that high school young people love to do. Can you imagine your own kids being able to overcome that challenge? It's just wonderful. It, it's it's just wonderful, and uh, it, you know when you know when we're having a bad day or when I'm having a bad day. And, it, you know, before I feel sorry for myself, I'll think of that story or or stories similar and men and women that that are overcoming obstacles every, you know, every day. And, and again, we have to be careful that we don't feel bad for ourselves. You know, when we, um, I don't know, oversleep or we uh, or we do something, you know, uh, it snows a little too much or something. It's, there's a lot of lot of people overcoming unbelievable odds. Uh, just it, just a beautiful story. Well, she she must be a very bright girl. They said she was an honor student. Uh, 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 but one of the one of the quotes from her, not from the uh, uh, author of the piece or the reporter, said, "Don't be afraid to try new things. There are people to help you." And there's two. It seems to me there are two important thoughts in there that each of us, you, me, as well as our listening audience, need to remember. And that is, don't be afraid to try. But secondly, don't try and do it on your own. There are people there who will help you, just like the staff and the fellow musicians in the band had to, in a sense, eye holder. I made up that word yeah. instead of hand holding, eye holding. They had to help her. And she has a lovely quote also that I'd like to share. She says, because I think this is what our challenge to you and to me as we meet challenges, and I certainly have lots of things in my life that have challenged me. It's in in the, my profession, two things have, have been a real challenge all my life, and that is I do not remember people's names, and I cannot spell appropriately. I, I get close. People can recognize the words, but they know they're not right. And I've had to figure out different ways to try and under overcome each of those challenges, and they won't go away, and they certainly aren't going to go away as I get older and older. But they aren't nearly as significant as hers. But her quote is, I love the people I meet in the marching band, the connections I've made, and the competitions, she said. It's not like sports where you're competing against another team, and then this is the important sentence. You're competing against yourself to be better each time you compete. And then she goes on to say she had all of these people who were helping her be successful. And I, I, it all just makes my heart sort of sing and cry at the same time. And so then, you know me, you know me, I got to thinking about, hmm, I wonder if there are any people that might have overcome a handicap in the scriptures. Does anyone come to your mind? Oh boy, I'm going. Why am I going blank? Um, well, let me. I'll, I'll I'll sort of prime the pump. Yeah. You remember that little short guy that shinned up a tree, Zacchaeus? Oh, I think we've. Yes. I think we've talked about him before, and, and he was so short that in the parade route where the Jesus was going to be, he wanted to see the master, so he shinned up the tree, and the master, of course, who knows everything recognize this little guy and says, oh, Zacchaeus, you come down, you're up there in that tree, and by the way, we're going to have lunch together. But 
Zacchaeus had to overcome a challenge of being very short. We don't know how short he was, but obviously he was short enough he couldn't see over the crowd of normal height males or people. And so he had to figure out some way, instead of sitting home and pouting and saying, I can't do this, I can't do this, he shinnied up a tree. Now, probably it would be easier for me to jump up and down than to shinny up the tree, <laughs> but maybe the tree was had lots of little branches, and I, I, I don't think I could shinny up the tree, but he did. That's great. Okay, I got two others. Have you thought of someone? I, I have, you know, I keep going to lepers, but uh, they're not, they weren't overcoming. They they were saved by the Lord, and he cured lepers. But um, that's uh, that's really not what we're talking about here. But. Well, well, but now, now let's remember what those, and they're not on my list here, but those 10 lepers uh, every day got out and sought help. They didn't just sit in the cave. Right. And, and when Jesus came by, he recognized them. They were out there, and they were receptive to help. And if you remember that particular story, so often when we do get a blessing, <coughs> we do what one of the nine did not do. One of the ten did not do. And what was that that he forgot to do? Nine said, thank you, God. Jesus, we really appreciate it. They came back and uh, thanked him. Uh, one came back, pardon me. One came back. Where were the other nine? They just went along their way and got healed and could see. Well, could see, yes, they could continue to see, but they got rid of their leprosy. Uh, but we could, considering this is the Thanksgiving season, it's an appropriate illustration that you used, Frank, because I, I have a feeling each of us, you, me, as well as our listeners, sometimes forget to say thank you when we've had a real blessing. And we don't intend to be thoughtless. We just, I don't know, we just get busy and forget to say thank you. Yeah, yeah you're right. And that, Complacency. And that's a good adjective to go with it. Now, Moses, I know you've heard of Moses. Yeah. And he had a real challenge. The Lord wants him to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. He's supposed to go to the Pharaoh and talking into letting the children of Israel go and, and at least go out in the desert and worship and then, you know, and ultimately to, to leave the country. And Moses said, I can't talk. I'm not good at talking to people. And, and, and God says, ha, 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 I'll help you. And he says, you can't get off the hook. We're going to use Enos, your brother, and your, and he will, will help you uh, Talk to Aaron, pardon me. Aaron will help you talk to the Pharaoh. They teamed up. And that's one thing that we have to do when we have a challenge. And then the third illustration I thought of, and it sort of goes along with your 10 lepers, the blind men that God helped, uh, it, which really ties in with Amelia in our story today. And he couldn't see. And uh, the Lord said, uh, I'm going to help you. And, and now you have a challenge, go out and tell others. And that's what Amelia's saying. Uh, she recognized that she needed help and that others were there to help her. And she didn't go have a pity party. She uh, reached out and became a valuable member in that marching band. So anyway, I challenge our visitors to think about what is the thing that 
may be a handicap for you, maybe something, whether it's spelling or people's names or riding a bike or talking to others or whatever it is, being friendly, being kind, not getting impatient, figure out who can help you and keep trying to meet that challenge. Um, I tried to learn how to snow ski. I did finally give that up as I got to the top of a wrong hill one time and got off of the ski lift at the, not the beginner's level, but at the top level. And I came down that hill on my bottom. And wow. and the sad part was, for me, was that this hill went right into the lodge that had big plate glass windows where people sat and looked at what was coming down that hill. <laughs> and there is this lady coming down on her bottom uh, because there was no way she was going to be able to ski. So there's probably some things that we can't do in our life that maybe we can't uh, overcome. I did do some more skiing, but I will never be in the Olympics, I'll clue you. Uh, but that's okay. Um, sort of in this whole in this whole thing, too, you know, do you know any people that are lonely? Yeah, I think I, I I think I do. I think I know a lot of people on my uh, on my block uh, at uh, assisted living where you know again I, I I'll be careful to keep people's privacy, but I know a lot of sure, people listen of to us over there, and uh, my uncle happens to be in one, and it's a wonderful uh, place, and uh, and you know I know uh, several of, of the people there. They wish they had a little more visitation. From their relatives, I see my uncle five five times a week, and sometimes I'm there with him and his girlfriend wow. uh, for, for hours. And I run around and I try to make sure they're not lonely. They have each other, and that kind of keeps them away from loneliness. But yeah, there are a lot of people that are there alone, and and for different reasons, their family might be too busy to uh, to visit them, or 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 they don't have family. And it's um, yeah, I, I I see loneliness on a daily basis, and it's uh, it's epidemic. It's um, it really is terrible sometimes. And you really make the point that I really want to make in just a few comments here is that we can help people who are lonely. We need to keep our eyeballs peeled. Uh, sometimes it's easy for them to sort of sink into the background, and we don't realize it. Uh, there was a woman I was at our table here where we eat many nights and uh, we had chatted quite a while and I sort of apologized as I'm getting up to come back to my apartment saying I'm sorry I kept you so long or we stayed and chatted so long and she said oh that's been wonderful she says I just go back to my apartment and I'm all alone and I thought you know we forget people right here it has that, that are all alone but the Christmas season is coming, and there are there were at least three situations preceding that birth of the Christ child where someone was really sort of lonely, and, and one of those was Zachariah and Elizabeth. And they were preceding the birth of Christ, and they were non-parents. They had wanted to have children. And they were so sad that they had never been able to have that possibility. And then 
they have the joy of being able to celebrate uh, and um, the birth of the Christ child as, as all of this is happening. So sometimes our loneliness comes in uh, working with and sharing and being a part of, of another situation. Joseph, the stepfather of Jesus, who was engaged to Mary, knows that under Jewish law, to to be uh, to for his girl his bride or his um, what do we call it his engaged person yep. uh, Beyonce. to 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 have a child that that is outside of the marriage was was not a good thing and he's lonely how am I going to handle this kind of thing what is it going to do to marry the one I love because we she is now with child. This loneliness that he had, how do how do I take care of it? And he had to have a little help to to work his way through and, and to realize that uh, that God was in this whole process and he didn't need to worry. But but obviously he was going to be lonely. Uh, he's not going to be invited to all the parties or whatever they did prior to uh, Christmas and the well, because they weren't they didn't celebrate Christmas before the birth of the Christ child. What was he going to do? And then the third person that had to be lonely, and that would be Mary. If you are not married during that Jewish season, actually, probably lots of times, if you're not married and you're with child, you're an outcast. Yes. And here she is impregnated by the, the by the Lord. And she is with child, but she's not married yet to Joseph. So we had in this story a trio of people who also face loneliness. And sometimes it's easy to eventually solve, and sometimes they have to learn to live with it. And I guess that's the part we have to help people today, is if we can help them from being lonely. If we can, like you did with your you say your uncle, or that you stayed with sometimes as, as much as five hours at a time. We have to look out. We have to keep our little eyeballs peeled. Who needs a word of encouragement, a little note, an invitation to lunch, a call on the phone, or a visit, or a letter? There's so many ways we can help lonely people. And that's sort of my to all of us today is can you find at least one lonely person and you in some way first of all help them to be less lonely but then the flip side of that is if I'm lonely maybe I am in the place I need to recognize somebody else's lonely and we combine that if I get busy and reach out to help somebody, I reduce my own loneliness factor. Does that make any sense? For sure. And I think once we we leave childhood, for some reason we become less eager to uh, to make friends. But there are so many people that want our friendship, no matter who we are or where we are. Um, obviously, it's if you're if you're in a house all alone, it's it's more difficult to meet people, and you have to get out there. And uh, you know, a good place is is the church or the synagogue, depending on what 
uh, what uh, faith you have, uh, but there's there's different understandings around those communities that I think address this. The uh, assisted living that uh, that we we know folks at, and my my uncle and his girlfriend are at. Um, they're very it, it's very important for them to get the people engaged and to get the people involved in different things where they can meet each other and talk to each other and uh, and interchange ideas and thoughts. But, you know, there are friendships out there waiting to be had. And, uh, yes, I, I agree with you. That is a wonderful challenge. We should all, those of, those of us who aren't lonely, those of us who have a special friend or, or, or a mate or a, a roommate or, uh, you know, just a relative that we, sister or brother that we spend time with, parent, child, um, and, and we don't consider ourselves lonely. Uh, it, it is a wonderful practice to look around and try to, uh, try to recognize loneliness and, uh, and, and see what you could do because you could just a little smile, a little conversation, a text message, a note, a letter, a phone call, a conversation, just a short conversation um, could suggest and an invite, invite that person to out, you know, whether it's out to breakfast, out to an activity, out to the church, synagogue, mosque, what have you. But, uh, you know, I think there is a, I think there's a lot of opportunities for us to be helpful as Christians. It's, it's so easy for us each to get into our own little world. And we go to a party or we go to school or we go to church and we have two or three people that, to whom we feel comfortable. Maybe it's our own family or maybe it's uh, a friend that we've known for a long time. And it's so, e- it's so easy to... Uh, make connections with them to herd your own children into the pew or visit with the friend that you haven't seen for uh, since a week ago on on Saturday or Sunday, whenever you worship, uh, that you don't look around and see that there's somebody sitting there in the chair or the pew or at the party or standing by the wall uh, in a group and that they don't know anybody. And they don't know how to make that connection. And they're not real bold and going up. If they see three people being and engaged, it's very difficult for some people to go up and say, hi, I'm Kathy. Uh, and, and or even stand and listen to the conversation. So I, I think we have to, sometimes if we're comfortable and know lots of people and feel comfortable with people, I think we have to get out of our comfort zone and look around and see the person in isolation. Uh, And maybe they don't have the same kind of clothes that you wear. Maybe they uh, have a a kid with them that's sort of unruly. Maybe they have a disease or an illness that causes them to be real wiggly or they have to make strange motions or they have to hug people all the time they, because they have a condition over which sometimes they have, which they have no control, just as the young lady had no control over her blindness. Uh, and so it makes it more difficult for a person who is willing to try and help somebody 
you have to sort of say, oh, my, do I really want to go up and say howdy to them and shake their hands? Because they look like they might not have taken a shower for a considerable amount of time. But they're one of of the Lord's creatures, and they need to feel welcome. And I think it's a real challenge to try and help some people on the fringe. And each of us needs to look out for one another. Well, Frank, we've chatted an awful long time. It's always so much fun to visit with you. And uh, I'm glad you had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, same to you, and I'm glad to, uh, glad to have you back from Iowa. And uh, what a wonderful um, experience to uh, to go there to that that amount of time for you and Marianne to uh, to go there and spend time with uh, with some relatives. You don't get to see that often. Happy belated Thanksgiving, and and now we get into uh, into the holy season here. And uh, I look forward to talking to you more about that and to everyone else here. Thank you, Catherine. Catherine Ransom, everyone. Ransom notes uh, each and every week. And uh, look for our visual ransom notes. And uh, Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Ransom Notes.